0: It's The Morning Drive on FM 96.3 and AM 620. News Talk
1: WVMT.
2: Welcome back to The Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here and joining us in studio now, it's the Auditor of Accounts for the State of Vermont, Doug Hoffer. Good morning, Doug. Good morning, Kurt.
1: Good morning.
2: So, so Doug, uh, let's get right into it. One of the the continuing stories around vermont is the sheriff's departments and we've seen so many of them over the last couple of years so and so many controversies and the latest one seems to be a continuing saga is out of orange county there was a story in the media about that the the required financial audit that there was such a mess that they couldn't complete the audit what what does that mean how can you not complete an audit The, the the books are so messy Well, if the books aren't reliable,
3: in the first instance, if the audit team that is doing the job can't be assured that the information they're looking at on the page is real and that you can source it and say, well, I know that this number here can be traced back to some other source. If you can't do that, you're in trouble. Second, uh, this is not the first time this has happened. Orange County's had some issues for a number of years And as you know, by statute, my office is required we hire people to do this, not in-house. Right. Uh, Every two years, each sheriff's department is audited. And the last one for Orange County was uh, almost two years too late. Not too late, but two years beyond when it was supposed to be done because the audit team didn't have sufficient reliable information to do the
2: job. So this is nothing new. And so, and as you're quoted as saying, there's no, it's not criminal, but it's certainly very concerning
3: well, I can't say that it's not criminal. It doesn't appear to be criminal from what limited information I have. Uh, we actually had a similar situation in Franklin County, as you may recall, and I did, in fact, report what I knew uh, to the authorities, because there may have been criminal activity, and I haven't heard a word from them. It's been six months. I hope they're still on it. But in this case, uh, you know, mismanagement is not a crime, and that's at least what we see. Uh, What the legislature has done in response, there is a bill that was enacted this year and signed by the governor, Act 30, I believe, that is requiring the Department of State Sheriffs and uh, State Attorneys and Sheriffs to develop some policies in cooperation with Human Resources and others and with our input. Uh, And if a sheriff does not comply with these policies, it will be considered unprofessional conduct. And if that happens, then I think the likely or possible outcome could be that they could be... uh, they could lose their accreditation and couldn't effectively serve as a sheriff. That would have to be done by the Vermont Criminal Justice Council. So there's a lot of moving parts, but they're making some progress.
2: I assume you were consulted by the legislature in regard to that bill. Are you are you satisfied that that bill got to the place it needed to get? Does that get the job done? It checks a
3: bunch of boxes, for sure, in terms of how compensation and bon- and benefits and bonuses in one case. I don't know whether you recall, but we had a county... Caledonia, I guess, where the outgoing sheriff gave his staff $400,000 in bonus. Yeah, we, oh, yeah. We, we, have, we, we talked about
1: that. So anyway,
3: it's compensation. Good it work if with, you can get
2: it. Yeah. yeah um,
3: financial reporting, conflicts of interest, all kinds of stuff. So, uh, Annie Noonan, who I'm sure you know, and, and John, your former, well, not yours, but the former pro tem, they've got some work to do. And they're going to have to make a report to the legislature and the committees of jurisdiction in November.
2: And when we think about that case, and we talked about that a lot on the show, um if that Was that able to happen just because there's no rules or law against it because it's kind of like the sheriff's department can do what they want? Well, there, there are guidelines.
3: They are not, they, currently, they are not required. So what this bill does is tell the Department of uh, State's Attorneys and Sheriffs to develop policies that will be required uh, to be accepted and adopted by all the sheriffs. So that's a
1: start. We had a caller point out, which I think is an interesting fact, and, and I did a little research on it. The sheriff in a community is the only real, what they they said real, I mean, that, there's debate in that, but elected law enforcement official. Everything else is appointed or government-controlled, and they felt that because of that, they had this broad um, scope of, I mean that basically can do whatever they want because, in the eyes of the, the law, they are the only elected ones. And, That's true. And, uh, but 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 I think I uh, don't get me wrong. I don't. I'm not justifying the the uh, the actions of the of the sheriffs. But it is an interesting point to think that all of our other law enforcement arms of uh, it, through our country, the only elected person is the sheriff.
3: It makes there's a challenge as a result. Uh, in terms of accountability, yeah, it's easy to say, "Oh, we elect them; we can always boot them if we don't yeah, like them." Well, but if you don't know what's going on, how would you know that Fred or Mary or Bill right. uh, aren't getting it done? And furthermore, they are an odd admixture of both responsibility for providing basic services, and they also make—not make—but most of their revenue is from contracts,
1: mm-hmm.
3: both for private companies, for courthouses, for municipalities, and so forth. And so they're kind of entrepreneurs. Yeah. It's an odd thing. And, and in fact, I, the report that's required under this act in November uh, it w- is good. It, it raises a bunch of questions, and, and there'll be more conversation in January with, when the legislature returns. But where's the conversation about, is this really the best model for delivering public safety services in Vermont?
1: Well, and and a, a, a gentleman from Ohio 30 years ago pointed out to me when he was negotiating with the sheriff's department for a radio tower. He said, I am convinced that the closest thing to the ability to print money is to be elected a sheriff in Vermont. He was so up in arms over. Well, Winston. I can tell you, it's, it's not just sheriffs. I mean, no, we're, we're talking about
3: it for understandable reasons. But I think I mentioned the last time I was here, uh, we did a job four or five years ago. And I was curious about what we spend in aggregate on public safety in Vermont, state and local. And it was five hundred and sixty four million dollars for one year. So the question is, does the system we have, the architecture of that whole system, does it make sense? Is it, is it effective? Is it cost effective? Is it efficient? And I think the answer is probably not what it could be. So we should have a much higher conversation about
1: this. Well, and I think that I, I appreciate that because, you know, people say, well, what does the auditor do? And, and you have to look at, obviously, drill down on this, this, you know, this sheriff's department, this and that, and make sure that the government is doing it. But, but at a higher level, you have to say, okay, collectively, what are we spending on law enforcement? And for, for 600,000 people, and we're spending $560 million. People don't ask that question because the people in the system have vested interests. Yeah. Kurt, Kurt knows that
3: from sitting in committee. You see the people come into the room, and they're talking about their program, their favorite policy. And that's as it should be. Yeah, They're there for a reason. But your job, your former job, and the job of all those other elected people is to step back from that. And they don't always get the time or make the time to do
1: that. Yeah, no, it, it, it's an interesting balance. All right, we're going to take a real quick uh, two-minute break, and then we're going to be back. The McKenzie Country Classic Hotline is open. You want to talk to the Vermont uh, Auditor of Accounts? 40303. Call now, because this is The Morning Drive on
2: News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to The Morning Drive. Everybody, Curt and Anthony continuing our discussion now with the Auditor of Accounts for the state of Vermont, Doug Hoffer. And if you have a question for Doug... Give us a call on the McKenzie Country Classic Hotline, 888 Doug, Doug, um, let's talk about the Supreme Court ruling and remind us what that was, which uh, basically inflicted damage in terms of you being able to get uh, records. Um, can you talk about what that Supreme Court ruling was? Remind us of that. And then what's going on? Has the legislature addressed that in any way? Do we, or do we have hope that they will? Sure. The backstory is pretty straightforward. We had done some work on the Green
3: Mountain Care Board, which uh, regulates hospital budgets and One Care Vermont, which is the ACO in Vermont and so forth. And we noticed a significant increase from one year to the next in the administrative costs, including salary, for One Care Vermont. So I sent them a note, and I said, can you provide you know, payroll data? And they said, no, it's none of your business. I said, <laughs> oh, that's interesting. You have a $900 million contract with the state of Vermont. And you're refusing to provide these records, and it was a contract case. Basically, there was a specific provision in the contract, and the boilerplate all state contracts, so-called Attachment C, as the audit provision, and says you're going to sign this contract. That means you're going to retain your records uh, regarding your performance under the contract for three years and make it available. So, yeah, you're doing business with the state. Yeah. So, but one care said, "No, it's none of your business. We don't have to give it to you." And I said, "Well, you kind of do." And they said, "No, we don't." So, after some Conversation. I got the attorney general to agree to sue them, and we went to court and lost. And the Supreme Court basically said that the state auditor is not uh, an agent, an authorized agent of the state, because it wasn't mentioned specifically in both of those instances. It said authorized agent of the state. How can the state auditor not be? Anyway, I don't want to relitigate it. It's well, done. Yeah. So the court said that. As a result, uh, they were also very clear to their credit that hey, if the legislature wants to change this, they can change statutory language. So. Thankfully, uh, Senator Ruth Hardy from Madison County contacted me as did Senator Chris Bray, both of them from Madison County actually, and said, "How can we help?" So we talked about uh, what was needed so this is s nine Senate Bill nine, and it went to her committee because she was the chair of Senate government operations and they they took testimony, they went through the process, it came out of committee, I think it was five to one it 's an odd committee it had six members and went to the full Senate and was passed in part thanks to a, a rather eloquent uh, Series of comments by former state auditor Randy Brock. So uh, and Ruth did a, you know yeoman's work, and I'm very grateful for her efforts. So then I went over to the House, and and by the way, the, the, t- the testimony by lobbyists I'm going to refer to was both in the Senate and the House. Uh, so some folks came in and submitted written testimony and testified in person about a couple of issues. One, they kept they insisted on referring to what the bill would do as an expansion of authority for the state auditor. Well, as I said to you, I think, before we got back on the air, this had been in Attachment C and still remains in Attachment C, which is the state's procurement guidelines. And it says you must retain records about your performance under the contract and make them available. That's been there for decades. Yeah. So it's nothing new. There was no expansion. It was just a return to where we were 25 minutes ago, you know, before this the Supreme Court. So that was one, expansion. And that kind of made people go, Oh, God, we're going to give the auditorium authority. we're expanding government. So that scared some people. Second, um... Uh, the healthcare folks, including the Hospital Association and others, came in and said, Boy, you know, we don't know. Uh, letting yeah, the we're. auditor's office have access to this very sensitive information. I said, Hello, <laughs> oh, wow. we've had access to that information and accessed it and used it for years. And you've never heard about it because we protect it. That's right. what we do. Furthermore, the idea I mean, hundreds of state employees in DIVA and other state and DCF and other places have regular access to HIPAA data. That's what HIPAA is, the yeah. healthcare data. And You're concerned about what's going to happen if a handful of people in the auditor's office periodically? Are you concerned about those dozens, if not hundreds of people? And clearly they
2: were not. They were concerned about me and our office. And it concerns me that they were concerned about giving up records, frankly. I mean, trying to find a way out of it. that, That, to me, is troubling. Well, let's face it. The hospitals are the most powerful economic and political
3: force in the state. Yeah. And they don't want to be audited by anybody that they don't have a relationship with. that's my office. We're independent for a reason.
1: Well, and that's the whole point. Remember when, I don't know how many years ago it was now, we needed to be, the government needed to be more involved. That was the logic behind single payer, the logic behind healthcare costs going out of control. Uh, And, and yet, you know, if you have a contract with the state of Vermont, I don't care if you paint uh, the road, you know, uh, you better keep your records because each department, typically, that you have uh, contracted with, has somebody that visits you. Not and that's true. Yes. Uh,
3: and that that raises an interesting question. Some department heads came in on the Senate side and the House side and said, you know, we really don't need the auditor to do this. <laughs> because the departments and agencies, the contracting entities, we already do that. Well, actually, you don't.
1: Well, well it's. <laughs> I, I would think at some point, you know, I mean... You're the auditor for the state. It's like the pinnacle of 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 the of of the the, the triangle. All right, um, it doesn't make any sense. We that also that do Gagas audits.
3: Audits done to generally accepted government auditing standards. You guys got to go.
1: No, 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 no. no, no, no. Okay. We got. A We're going to get a call. Phone oh, call okay. for you. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive.
0: Good morning. Uh, this is Mike. Um, I moved out of Vermont probably about eight years ago. Um, and so, I just want to make a couple comments. Um, I really like the uh, uh, Doug's uh, independent view, and it's uh, terrific because where the money goes, you know, a lot of things go. And I think the Hutter accounts should have a little bit more broader uh, abilities in order to do things. But I do want to make a comment about Vermont. The uh, you know, I'm back here. I'm staying in uh, in uh, Warren, and uh, and I'm. Actually driving to Burlington to visit friends. But what would I find interesting is I went to the Warren Parade yesterday. And I couldn't, bu- I wanted to go to a Vermont parade kind of. And it was, it was very political. And it was political on one way. I mean, it was, I saw, uh, uh, Welch was there. Bernie was there. Ballant was there. And even a uh, cardboard representation of uh, uh, Kennedy Jr. was there, <laughs> and it was like. And okay. then at the end, it was the Cannabis Generation, uh, uh, and and uh, even even the library, even the library yeah. show. We, we
2: okay. Do you have a question for Doug about the Auditor Account? I mean, I got what you said earlier, but we only got a few minutes left with him.
0: Okay. Well. Um, Just let me know, Uh, I'd like to know what his plans are for the future so he can be independent.
2: Okay,
3: thanks. Well, in this particular case, the, the core issue is whether my office can have direct, unfettered access to the records related to performance of a contract from contractors. One of the points made by the lobbyists in the administration was, you can always get what you need through the department or the agency that contracted with them. Well, that's not true. Those folks, in many cases, have a long-standing and close relationship with contractors. Sometimes, for any number of reasons, they may not want to give us records that might embarrass the contractor or the department. That's the point. We are independent.
1: Yeah, and I, would, I was going to say that to have an, a, a true effective auditor for the state, you, you, you have to have autonomy. You have to be able to say, let's look at this this year, and, 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 and that's what audits are about. Well, and if I don't, if I have to go to Kurt's department
3: and say, Kurt, can you get this information from me, I no longer have true independence. Right. That means Kurt gets to decide whether I can do my job.
2: Doug, yeah. you leave my department alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, Doug, uh, I want to ask you, too, because I, I think that w- the role of the auditor's office is important in regard to making sure that the money that government is spending is well spent. I know you, there was a big article. There was a lot of attention paid to the, the issue of homelessness, and how much money was spent there? And obviously a very important issue, but did we were we getting results from it? Now, my understanding, there's also been you've been looking into some IT projects and that uh, the Secretary of State has a $2 million expenditure. I don't know what it is, actually, but that there's not a lot to show for that. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, that was a particularly curious and unfortunate
3: uh, project. We, we picked six projects for the audit that we did of, of ADS, the Agency for Digital Services. And one of them was from the Secretary of State's office. And for many years, um, both Jim Condos, the former uh, secretary, and others had talked about the need to both uh, combine and improve access that businesses had into state government. you got to register for this. you got to register for that. Why not make it a one-stop shop? Perfectly reasonable. Jim was quoted as saying years ago, if we do that, it's going to cost a lot of money. And he was right. And so they finally decided to do it when the federal money started to flow from COVID. And they said, okay, let's do it. So they came up with a plan. But the problem at the outset was that the federal money had to be spent in that calendar year. Late in the year, the feds changed the rule and said, oh, you can just obligate it. (sighs) Well, But when they did all this, they they figured they had to spend it. So they hired a firm. They got to work. They did some work. uh, They didn't have all the deliverables they wanted, but they paid them. Normally, you don't pay a contractor unless the deliverables are in hand. Right. And, but they paid them. And I think the fifth floor was involved in that. I don't want to blame Jim for all this stuff. It's just a bad situation all around. And they, as it turns out, they're going to have to spend twice as much because now they have very little to show. And that for
2: twice as much that they have to spend, where will that come? Is that still federal money? Or now, is, or now well, will remember, it be? remember, there's
3: money? more federal money coming, and who knows whether some of it can be diverted for that purpose because you could
2: consider it well, maybe not infrastructure. But so there was a $2 million expenditure and really nothing to show for it.
3: They they ads tried to tell us that there was a lot to show for it but we don't have a system that's accessible
1: by businesses so we got time for one real quick call let's go to the phones good morning you're live on the morning drive
0: good morning um i'm curious because i think you're doing great work but does anybody audit your office
1: yes good
3: question and i have the answer in fact it just Who's happened auditing the auditor yeah no that's a great question and <laughs> the uh, sheriff's department <laughs> every, <laughs> every, every state auditor in america and also large city auditors are subject to what's called a peer review. So the national organization sends three, sometimes four or more people to every single state auditor's office. And then they review with incredible, uh, detail, in incredible detail, four or five or more of your most recent audit reports. And they look to see that you've met the so-called yellow book, uh, Gagas standards. And, uh, we just had our review, peer review and passed as we always have during my tenure. And you, you don't want to not pass the peer review. No. You look like a fool, and you, then you have to scratch your head and say, what's wrong with my staff? My staff is fantastic, and I never had any doubt. So, yes, good question, and thank you for
2: that. You can't just turn it down, say we don't want to show you our books? <laughs> or we'll do it next year?
3: I'm sure the voters <laughs> and the legislature and the administration would love to hear me
1: say that. No, <laughs> I'm not going to show you. Well, that was done to you with Green Mountain Share Board, right? <laughs> right. All right. million. Uh, $900 million. Dollars. <laughs> Nah. We're not going to show you. You're no. just the auditor. <laughs> so, ha- well, well, interestingly,
3: I know you got to go. Uh, the Green Mountain <laughs> Care Board recently asked One Care Vermont for exactly the same
2: information sure I asked
1: for. <laughs> because well, it came out that you were looking for it and they we, wouldn't give it to we you. We do
2: have to go, but we'll have to have you keep us informed next year with the legislature yeah. on what happens with that important case with the Supreme Court. I Getting, getting that Happy to information. Uh, Doug Hoffer,